You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Do you remember those halcyon days back in January when every ray of sunshine felt like a warm hug from a celestial being? Skiing, climbing, we yearned for its caress. But now that it's dead summer, the tables have turned. The sun now stalks us like an enormous toddler with a magnifying glass. The burning orb, the Death Star, call it what you will. Just don't be caught out at noon on some edgy crimp fest lest your feet swell and your tips shred. But Black Diamond has a way to fight back. My favorite piece of BD apparel, the Alpenglow hoodie. Built with UPF sun protection, pits for movement, a hood designed to go under your helmet, and even some sort of odor control next-gen tech to help with that sour fear stink we all work up on the NAR. Or is that just me? Is that a thing with everyone, the, the stinky pits after being scared? But frankly, if you aren't basically living in a sun hoodie during the summer months, you may in fact be an iguana. But at least now, your tongue can go from 0 to 60 in one one-hundredth of a second. Don't just feel the burn, fight the burn. And check out the Alpenglow hoodie and all the great gear at blackdiamondequipment.com or your favorite local shop that really, really wants your face-covered business right now. The truth is that climbers live their lives off the rocks in approach shoes. Part comfort, part performance, part signaling to that lady across from you on the bus that you and the crazy free solo guy are essentially cut from the same cloth. That's right, lady on your way to Target. Don't you know I'm loco? That's why Sportiva has invented the most versatile approach shoe yet, the TX Guide. Sprinkling in DNA from their acclaimed running shoes, brilliant climbing shoes, and the legendary TX line, the TX Guide for women and men can run to the climb, climb the climb, bash down the climb, all in time to climb into your stool on the patio of your local brew pub. So next time your grandmother asks you for the 10th time if you do that free solo stuff, just point to your TX guides from Sportiva, press your sanitized fingers to her lips, and whisper, Shh, Nana, the mountains are calling and I must go. Precipitating a hasty exit and one less little white lie to your granny. So if you want to walk both streets and trails like a golden climbing deity, check out all of Sportiva's approach shoes at Sportiva.com or your favorite local shop. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the... Uh... The Normo Dome, whatever it is, it's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. Sold that's, it out. Town. that's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. I'll see. You oh, really God. should. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. There was a freight end on your rope, and I'm cutting it out. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. <laughs>
Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Kloos. It is August 15th, 2020, and this is episode 203 of the Enormacast, a conversation with climber, guide, off-wither, painter, photographer, sometimes videographer, Mary Catherine Eden. Does that name ring a bell to anybody out there? I'll give you a minute to think about it. That's right. Mary Catherine Eden is better known in the greater climbing world as Trad Princess on Instagram. Frankly, I didn't know what her name was until recently either. After following her for a couple of years on Instagram, a mutual friend started talking about Mary, and I was like, uh, who are you talking about? And he said, Trad Princess. And I said, ah, yes, Trad Princess. But Mary Catherine Eden on the show today, Mary, MC Eden, if you will, which is actually her trip-hop handle. And she will be performing a virtual show in Bristol, England, this Saturday night. So look forward to that. No, that's not true. But that would be fucking cool. Think about it, Mary. Anyway, I got some requests to have Mary on the show. And of course, I got in touch with her via Instagram. And uh, she was game. And I happened to be over in Moab. So this is a face-to-face interview on her porch, one of her porches on her trailer, although she was in the process of moving out of that trailer when we were doing this. So she is no longer there, at least at the moment. Anyhow, I rarely go to Moab in the summertime. It is hot hot, hot in Moab in August. But we were on the river having a good time, family thing. So I popped over to uh, talk to Mary and uh, turned out to be a really fun interview. I really didn't know too much about her. You know, you get a, a glimpse of somebody on Instagram and this whole kind of Instagram celebrity, which is part of our conversation, is something that's a little bit new in the world, at least new in terms of the length of my climbing career. And uh, as I admit in the interview, I'm frankly a little bit skeptical of it. And yet I keep being surprised and delighted uh, by the folks that I uh, sort of know through the Instagram. The last person I talked to, Jenny Lemon Pie on Instagram, Jenny Fisher in the uh, real world, at least if this is the real world. If it's not the real world, then uh, as dreamy as Jenny Lemon Pie is, I would actually prefer to wake up from this 2020 or to pop into uh, another multiverse timeline where, you know, we did something about the pandemic and maybe 40 years ago when they first started talking about it, we did something about climate change as well. Anyhow, so I keep getting surprised by uh, getting to know these people that I only know from Instagram and making me less and less skeptical about Instagram fame slowly but surely. But yeah, the Trad Princess on the show today. What else is going on? Not too much, actually. Just getting through the dog days of summer. Most of Colorado seems to be burning right now. So that's another little spice in 2020. We've got a terrible fire season. It was coming. You could feel it. I mean, it's been so dry, so hot. We had an okay winter, but a very hot spring that melted the snow really quickly and uh, we've been just kind of getting some piddling rain and then that just shut off as well so it is a terrible terrible fire season so far I don't think anyone has been killed 
either in the line of duty fighting the fire or civilians getting caught in the fire. So let's just hope that keeps up. Right now, some of the climbing areas like rifle are, uh, you know, hit or miss, whether it's raining ash upon you or not, since that thing is downwind from the uh, Pine Creek, I think, fire maybe. Is that what it's called over in Grand Junction? Anyhow, is it burning where you live? I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. It's really smoky. Been also rebuilding a camper. If you guys follow me on Instagram, I showed it a little bit I showed a kind of sequence a little bit ago, and it's funny how this thing has taken over my life, the uh, the Mobile Studio Mark II, if you will, and uh, going to sort of replace the old Mobile Studio, the old Toyota RV. There's nowhere for the a normal baby to sit in that thing. That's not a death trap. I mean, it's kind of a death trap anyway, but uh, yeah, you got the two front seaters in those Toyotas, and then I don't know where he sits. If that thing was hit even going 20, it would explode into a massive shrapnel storm of plywood and aluminum. So yeah, it's not good driving around in there with him. So uh, yeah, we're switching to trailer time. And uh, I ended up getting one that I needed to rebuild from basically the bottom up. So I'll keep those posts coming on Instagram. We're getting close to being done-ish, usable anyway. And it's been taking up a fuckload of time. So that's kind of my life at the moment. Just pandemic staying home mostly and uh, working on a camper, but still banging out the Enormacast. So here we are. All right. Well, why don't we get to it? And uh, we'll just talk with uh, Mary, Mary from Appalachia, Mary from Appalachia, Ah, she says it better than I do. Kind of old school, this lady, even though she's only like 28. Coming from an old school crowd there down in Moab. They still they still pump out new climbers in Moab, but they've got a, a crusty veneer on them right out of the shop. We talk a bit about that in here too. So hope you guys are doing well. And it is not burning where you are. Utah. This is actually back to the face-to-face. I just posted my first uh, remote interview, 202. This, the first one I've ever done remotely because of uh, because of COVID and traveling is difficult, meeting up and other people aren't traveling. But, but anyway, here we are in Moab. We're outdoors. But let me ask you this. We're in Moab, Utah. This place has a ton of history for me. I've been, uh, you know, in and out of this place, I think, since 1991 was the first trip and and I've I've never lived here in the sense of having a having a set place but I've spent months cr- you know crashing in people's houses and stuff like that which I think you get a lot of visitors here like that. What's the path to just finding Moab and finding desert climbing for you? Oh man. <laughs> it's a long journey. That's all right. We um, got we got time. <laughs> I'm originally from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I know this sounds funny that rock climbing existed. I thought rock climbers just climbed Everest and scary mountains. That's and that. completely normal, even to this day. <laughs> Especially, yeah. yeah, I mean, I lived yeah. so close to the Red River Gorge and had no idea it was there. There's lots of trees in the way. 
<laughs> I ended up moving to Moab, Utah, actually, to take care of my sister's kids. Okay. I had her three kids full time when I was in high school, and she got a seasonal position uh, with the Park Service. Mm-hmm. And so when I graduated high school, I drove them across the country because I had been watching them for the last couple years to bring them back to their mother. And I agreed to stay for the transition. And, you know, it was only supposed to be two months. Two months turned into six months. Six months turned into two years. I left for a little bit and then I came right back. Uh Yeah, I, I love this place a lot. And in that first two years, what did your life look like here? Oh, well, I showed up to Moab like wearing cowgirl boots because I used to train horses Mm -hmm. and was just a total horse nut and went on one hike with those boots and never wore them again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I remember driving past Wall Street and was just taken aback, you know, with all the people on the wall. Right. Um, And I knew I just wanted to try that whatever that was and I I talked to some people at Wall Street they were really friendly and I went to Gearheads and I dropped like 500 bucks on gear and a how to rock climb book and sketchily started teaching myself at Wall Street so lucky I didn't die yeah classic story of (laughs) classic of yeah of of just dropping into it (laughs) yeah um I eventually met a really good friend of mine Matt Pesci and uh, he's a rock climbing guide, and he helped me not die. Well, the funny thing, too, about, you know, if, if you dropped into Wall Street <laughs> as a beginner and then sort of was like, okay, all these people know what they're doing. Now you know that that probably wasn't true either. Wall Street. <laughs> You're just like, these people had an extra day of experience above you, you know? <laughs> Wall Street is the place where you go to witness everything that could go wrong, mm-hmm. but it, for some reason, never goes really really wrong very seldom a little little bit yeah but it's yeah you know what that always reminds me is that if you're if you're like even getting close to the mark on the systems (laughs) that the systems honestly are are extremely redundant to the point of of that like you you pretty much Get close and everything's going to be fine. Not 100%, but for that Wall too. Street is where I go to have a minor panic attack and don't say anything <laughs> to anybody. I I, ver- I try not to get involved unless it's a, a problem. Right. Do you guide? Do you guide climbing? I do. I do. I guide climbing. Uh, it's primarily what I do. I love it. Right. It's great. So let's go back to your uh, your path then. Um, so you're in Moab. Yeah. You're starting to meet people. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about like broadening your horizons. You're you're definitely well known as a crack person, um, trad climber. Yeah. Which you know goes with it's the territory, here. right? Right. So <laughs> talk talk about like broadening your horizons and you know mm. go, going to the creek for the first time and and um, just oh, discovering man. this thing that has taken over your life. I've always been a punter. So <laughs> my first visit to the creek. I didn't even own a backpack. I had a duffel bag, and I wore it as a backpack. Sure, up yeah, yeah. to like a uh, school kid. Yeah, yeah, it was. I I got sent a picture the other day from my good friend Matt Pesci, who mm-hmm. helped me um, not die. I actually learned how to trad climb on his uh, set of rigid sim friends. Uh huh. So the stuff I bought from Gearheads, and then 
I basically was slab climbing at Wall Street when I met him and I tried to buy his used cams off of him because I was a dirtbag at right. heart. And uh, he said he would not sell them to me. He'd lend them to me. Um, and we'd just climb together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I had this set of Richardson friends, like no backpack. And we went up to Supercrack Buttress. Oh, man. It was good. It was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back on those times really fondly because everything was just so new. It was a sport I had no idea existed. Um, and I loved it. Right. Like immediately. Um, I remember buying my first set of C4s. Oh, man. Just being able to open and close it with, you know, the two trigger fingers right. was just like mind blowing. Right. You know, and I don't really, I don't know, I, I have no problem getting gear unstuck because of learning on the, on the, uh, yeah. on the rigid stems. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were hard to open, hard to pull out right. just because they were so old. Right. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I could have lubed them. Yeah, been probably. better. <laughs> Didn't know anything. I had no idea. Right, right. But, uh, you know, rigid step friends. Uh, in the creek aren't the worst possible thing. They're not the Because you don't ever put them in, or very seldom, horizontally anyway. And that's all, <laughs> was always the thing. I mean, saying that because I also like had plenty of those yeah. uh, starting to climb down there. My hands um, used to be really weak. And so I remember it took me two hands to open the, the three-size piece. Yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. <laughs> it's like, i got to get a no-hands rest here to place a piece of gear somehow. <laughs> And then you're just like determined all like squeezing it. I got it. I got it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, you know, there's always been this philosophy in any sport or any pursuit that like, yeah, you do it on crap gear and it'll mm-hmm. make you better eventually. I, I think that's true. Yeah. I think in that case, it gave it me is, a but... real appreciation for nice gear. Like I've heard it around shoes. Like, oh, you should learn to climb in your tennis shoes first and then you'll have better footwork. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, know about that I one. Disagree. But yeah. I had yeah. these sloppy coyotes that sloppy five ten coyotes that I just wore constantly and they were way too big. And I swear when I finally switched to properly fitted shoes right. with an edge, I went up like two grades. Mm-hmm. I was like, Wow, this is magic. <laughs> now I'm such a shoe diva. I hike two or three pairs of shoes, different kinds for every climbing day. Right. And I started doing that because I met this other rock guide, Mia Tohoki, and she did that. And she's just this badass, you know? So she taught me wide climbing, actually, right, right. within that first couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because it's it's easy to get stuck in a certain way that you learn in the beginning <laughs> yeah you know and you keep bringing up uh, is it matt pesci mm-hmm. yeah you keep you know this guy with rigid stem friends and <laughs> sometimes i you know people who learn from a guy or a, or a girl that's got sort of that old school i think they keep, keep it, it with them yeah but you know you know it's just like yeah well, but you i know, started so crusty yeah I've been slowly getting rid of the crust. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more yeah. and more every year. Because even the shoe thing, it's like, yeah. oh, I got my pair of shoes. I'm like, yeah, but they're not that great for everything. Like, they're it's not. It's okay to have a yeah. couple pairs that do I have top things. roping shoes, yeah. Chris. Yeah, totally. I have shoes oh, yeah. that I just top rope in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's such a diva. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not. That's just what most like really good climbers do. Yeah. Like nobody goes to the creek and they're the same shoes they go to rifle in if they no. know what they're doing because right. it's going to you're going to like cry <laughs> in pain because your feet are all cramped up because they're bent to put on tiny holes. Anyway. Yeah. But it's good to hear that because it's like 
you know, that progression is important to mm -hmm. be open-minded to like, oh, that seems to work better, you know, as opposed to no, I'm going to suffer here with my rigid stem friends, even though, you know, <laughs> there's somebody's like hands me this ultralight and it practically flew out of my hands oh, in the wind. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, exactly. So I, I try to, in my climbing and in my guiding and just as a human, just always take in lessons from other people. Mm -hmm. um, because Good and bad. Probably, yeah, yeah, good and bad. And I just find that you grow and you get smarter and you get stronger. I, I really try not to be set in my ways. I am very stubborn, and that is my only ability, I think, in climbing is my stubbornness. I'm not naturally gifted. I'm right. not particularly strong. I started climbing as an adult, and I had a bunch of hobbies, and it took a minute for me to really like narrow them down and get really, really into climbing. So for me... Sell the boots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me, the more open I can be and just take it in right and learn from others right because they've already figured it out and if i can just skip the years of suffering and just take the answer now i'll yeah. do it bingo exactly <laughs> um, yeah some things i mean that even translate to that even translates to how i climb you know some people are very insistent on only the on-site when they go to a new area and i try to travel as much as i can with around work and life um, and I always loved go to new places and some routes I'll see a picture of and I, I definitely think like, oh, I'm going to try to onsite that. Right. Like I save it. Um, but a lot of things I just don't care. Right. And so if I have like an expert there or a local or somebody that's climbed it before, I'm like, what's the beta? And they're like, oh, don't you want to onsite? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm on vacation. Right. You know, what's the gear beta? I don't want to get sandbagged up there. Like. For me, on vacation, I got maybe three days here. I don't want to have to do this route twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good. Right. <laughs> like, I want to set myself up for success and have a good time on it. Sure. Have fun. Well, I mean, it's also like you just said. I mean, why? I always have to do it this way. It's like, yeah. see a route, get the feeling you want to get from it. It can yeah. be badass on site. It, whatever you want to do. I'm reminded like in the, my early days in the Creek, I saved, um, a coin crack, uh, which used to be rated 12 a, mm -hmm. um, it probably never was actually 12 a, but it was rated that. So I had this in my mind <laughs> it's getting to be 12 a yeah, yeah. without greasy. It yeah. is <laughs> that. And I think it was, um, it was a quarter of a man, like with yeah. these two roots. I'm like, I'm not going to touch those. Right. And on my birthday, yeah, I don't just like I don't know which birthday it was, yeah. but I was like, I'm gonna. That's the day I'm gonna like go and do those roots, you yeah. know. And I had this all built up, and uh, the end of the story is I I didn't onsite either one of them. Yeah. So basically, like <laughs> my birthday was like this great big disappointment, oh, and then I'm I was just. Sorry. But after that, I was just like, why did I do that? Like, why yeah. did I build up all this this like angst angst about <laughs> it just so I could fail? And like, yeah. and that's when I kind of. You know, again, like as you said, I'm trying to get less crusty. Yeah. Um, I'm on an arc back to crustiness, but there, that was like... <laughs> it's a cycle. That was on my way up towards like, you it's know... It's like a moon open phase. Minded. Yeah. Now, I'm, <laughs> now as I grow older, I'm just like, oh, all these kids. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like that was... A, I'm like, why did I, you know, kind of sort of end up ruining my experience in yeah. a way of like putting all this weight on this this thing i mean i get it. it's like a challenge too but the date and everything also made it stupid <laughs> like if you want to onsite something great but don't like okay march 25th right 1996 will be the day that i do it no there... just like do it when you feel good and you're right. ready to do it you know kind of a thing now on the other side of the coin 
I definitely refuse to touch certain roots until I get on right. site. Right, <laughs> or until you're ready. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have a, uh, I don't have a, a date. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I have a feeling I'm waiting for. Right. Uh, basically, a feeling of like I'm ready to get my feelings hurt. Right. I'm ready to get my heart broken again, Chris. Right. <laughs> um and country song yeah Yeah. i climbing would make a good there's some country country themes and all that sort of stuff yeah Yeah, for sure like i did i was saving big pink in vitavu for a flash you know i couldn't call it an onside because because i accidentally walked up to it and like watched some people climb it when i first went to the vu right i thought it was the five six (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. I was, like I said, I'm total punter. Right. <laughs> um, and I just remember like racking up while, while like I watched people climb it and they struggled on it. And I was like, oh, okay. And they finished. And I like racked up looking at it. And I like walked up to start it because I thought it was the 5-6 because I was reading Mountain Project on mm-hmm. my phone. Somebody was like, oh, you're going to try Big Pink. I was like, yeah, it seems like a fun 5-6, right? I don't remember the name. And they were like, no. I'm like, oh, I'm a freaking idiot. And so I unracked and went and actually climbed the 5-6 because they were nice enough to point it out for me. (laughs) And it never really left my brain Uh that I needed to go do that. Right. Because I already racked up for it. Yeah, once. Right. You were once, yeah. And so I was like, I'm not going to get on it. Until I know I can just climb it, you know? And so, yeah, certain certain roots, like, take root in my brain. Did and, you? Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It Did was, you fire it? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. It was my How hard warm, is that? I don't know anything about it. I, I don't know. I don't really want to assign a grade to it. Cause what was the a, original grade? Just what was it? What's it rated I in the guidebook? I think Bob Scarpelli called it, like, an 11B, okay. but it's apparently, like, a 12A. Oh, okay. Right on. Um, yeah, it was my warm-up you for get, the day. Look, you get the on-site. <laughs> I mean, how many years was between? Um, like five. Right, and you were a five-six climber then. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna right. go. I see. Like I said, I'm trying to become less crusty, right. so that definitely the crust in my brain is like, no, it's not an onside. Okay, I know technically it's not, but like, <laughs> you know, whatever you saw happening, <laughs> I had no idea. Right. So it's not like you were like, oh, and that's an in. Oh, I can see how they like. You know, twisted their hips and just, you know, was putting their foot against their hand. You know, honestly, Chris, they're not upside down. (laughs) You knew that. (laughs) The only reason I flashed it is because I embraced sport climbing the last couple years of my life. Yes. I crimped the shit out of some of those crystals in that off way. Yes. And do you you hear this, Trad Climber? (laughs) Do you hear this? Go sport climbing. Go sport climbing. I swear to God. You know, I I would be climbing, I would have been climbing the grade I am right now, like three years ago, if I had, and and the thing is, is everybody I learned from just talked so much shit Shit about about sport sport climbing. Oh, I know. The first five years of my climbing, I did not I know where you come from, climbing wise. Oh, crusty. I know, the the, the deep Bouldering, bouldering was bad, sport climbing was bad, and I love, I love my mentors, they're so amazing, but they're so crusty, I love you guys so much. (laughs) No, I, I mean, I think I've said it on the show. Uh, yeah. More than once, like I didn't climb, you know, into the upper grades, yeah. you know, frequently in the creek until I was a sport climber. It was on site, on site if you can, yeah, yeah. on site if you can. Projecting is silly, sport climbing is dumb, yeah. Um, yep. <clears throat> bouldering is bouldering is stupid. Well, the other thing that happens <laughs> in most people's creek arc mm-hmm. 
is, and I know we talk about Indian Creek a lot on the show, but we're actually here in Moab, so this is completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. So is that you You basically like, yeah, you, you spend your whole time doing that, which is good. You're, you're, yeah, you know, you're learning you to climb. progress. Well, and also you run, you start to, I mean, not run out of roots because there's that many, but you're just, you get to this point where you're like, what about that really thin, yeah. heinous thing right there? I'm tired of lapping this thing. <laughs> and then you kind of have to, bring sport climbing to bear yep. because those i mean obviously you try to onside them or whatever but you're going to get to a point where it's like it becomes a project oh yeah and that's why i'm always just like yeah any creek is sport climbing you guys and everybody's it really like, no, is. it's not but at the at the hard end it at is at the hard end yeah. it is and yeah. i think i started to get a little bored at indian creek a few years ago wait wait what when <laughs> Because because totally. I was plateauing. I think I've had know? this conversation this week about that. Yeah, I, I was plateauing in, I think, the 511 grade. You know, right. I was like really solid in that grade yeah, there. Yeah, just and, cruising them. And I was doing lots of towers, and, and I was having a good time. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't want to hike a rack of six pieces of every size up to the wall so I could go cragging anymore. That sucked Mm -hmm. it just was so silly in my brain i wanted to pick out a route that was not my style not a good size and and just like hike a specific rack up for it and just work that route totally and and those routes that i i started to like get really psyched on they were very sporty they were maybe a bit boulder you know yeah. there was maybe a boulder problem in them or they would just rip your fingers to shreds or it was like a stupid off with and that would just be enough for the day right you know um I, and i i re-fell in love with the creek hardcore totally yeah and and that's where i think like the beauty of indian creek is it is the sporty finger cracks mm-hmm. it's the weird inverts it's the dusty vertical blue collar off with you know it's the it's the weird roof. Well, it's funny because the 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 talk is about how you know that that climb has you know has like fifty feet of perfect hands on oh, it, and you're boring. just like, I, I know. yeah, great. Yeah. So does that one, and so does that one. You how know, is it you know what I yeah, equate, totally. equate that with? Yeah. Fucking jugs on a sport right, route. Right, right. Like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's great. But I've climbed a million of yeah, them. Yeah, right. And to me now, it doesn't do anything right. for me. I, it's not how I'm going to progress. I don't really yeah. want to. It's like I want to warm up. It's really nice on a multi pitch, but other than that, yeah. But you're supposed to zen out and like go and climb <laughs> like just whatever and not worry about uh, it. And like, I, I don't know. Well, here's the other funny thing that happens, and I don't know if this happened to you, but then then you're there and you're there with the big group of people and you're camped out and like, you know, and all of a sudden I'm I'm always like trying to you know, subtly manipulate the crew to the oh, crag I want to go yeah. to. So everybody's like, hey, man, where should we go? I'm so guilty And you're just like, um, maybe we should go to Optimator. Because my everybody's project's like, oh, over man, there. We were there like two days ago. And then, you know, and then you move to a different part of the yep. crowd and they're like, where sh- well, where should we go really? And you're like, how about Optimator? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I am so guilty. Okay, so I am extremely guilty of making friends with the... Uh, with people who are out of towners. And basically what I do is I find somebody who's freaking stoked. I'm a stoke vampire. Right. I climb better when somebody's psyched. Yeah, of course. And it doesn't Oh no, it's great when someone's like a total <laughs> like lump and you're just like <laughs> I I feed off of it like a freaking vampire, you know? So I gotta make sure they're happy and like stoked. And what I love to do because I'm lazy 
is uh, find somebody who's stoked, who gets tired of camping, and then I offer up my driveway for the spring. Right. And and I'm like, yeah, just like park in my driveway and like, then we could just climb every day. Right. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, do you have them submit their resume before you let them park here? (laughs) No. You're like, oh, wait, that's too hard. Oh, no. Ooh, this guy climbs way too hard. (laughs) No, you're you're not. You don't get to stay it's, here. It's kind of like all jokes and good fun. Right? No, I'm no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm actually like a super punter. Like, I I'm a shitty climber, <laughs> but you keep saying that. I I like just to get out a lot. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, this place is a revolving door of visitors. Right. And you know, we just have people come here and stay for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Like Devin Finn will show up at this place like a stray cat. He'll just show up in the yard with his haul bag full of climbing gear and. You know, the roommates and I are like, oh, hi, Devin. He put out a bowl of milk. Yeah. And then Devin will stay for four months. (laughs) Well, there you go. Psyched partner. Yeah, exactly. Can't have anybody more psyched. And then Tom and Pete, they they each get a porch. Right on. So we're sitting at this super shitty trailer right now, and there's a porch on the side and a porch on the front. And they each select one porch, and they refuse to sleep inside the trailer because I think they don't want to hurt my feelings because no, it's, nice. it's really shitty inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. The um, shop's closing up, though. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to move to Flagstaff for a season. Okay. So Just a season, though. Just a season, and then we'll see. Right, right, right. Yeah. So nobody come looking is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All these guys are like, oh, oh, hmm. I wonder where her address is. Um, <laughs> their resumes are guys We've and had girls. tents in the yard. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's a nice place for that. Um, let me go back to the beginning a little bit. You, you, there was an interesting thing that we just kind of blew past is the three kids, um, okay. ra- raising three kids and, you know, or, or, or being responsible for them, the situation, as it were, mm-hmm. in high school. And, and I just kind of want to ask a question because now yeah. you're, you're definitely a self-identified dirtbag <laughs> climber, you know, mm-hmm. super psyched. You just want to climb all the time. Little or no responsibilities besides walking the giant rack around. You know, I can't walk that thing around. Talk about that little bit of a transition. I mean, it was a little bit of a, my eyes raised up when you're like, yeah, I was in high school and I basically had my sister's three kids. So yeah. how 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 is that like transition mentally or you know from someone who's basically living like an adult? It sounds like. <laughs> You know, I mean, um, I don't have three kids. I don't. I, I have one kid, and it's yeah. like more than enough. And you know, part of it, like a like a, a walking away, like wow, that was really heavy yeah. to this new life. Or have you ever thought about the the arc from ultra responsibility to to the way you live now? I I do think about it. I think um, so. I I guide full time, mm-hmm. and. I get called in clinics. Everybody on multiple clinics by different people have jokingly called me mom. Right. They're like, okay, mom. Um, and uh, climbing partners have done that to me too. They're like, all right, mom. You know, and I don't mean to mother people. I I really try not to. But when I was 15, I just had, you know, all these kids. Right. Um, and... It's so hard to be like a very young person and not know what you're doing at all to like all of your free time is kids. You know, I didn't do any um, like after school activities because I had kids. I didn't go partying because kids. I didn't go away to a four year university because kids. I went to school online and I I had them until I was about 
21, you know? So, and, and the youngest, she's special needs. She's blind and uh, she's special, right? you know? And, and, and that's why I had to be there. You right. know, it's like she was too young to be, you know, in, she's now in the school for the blinds in Kentucky. So that's really good. And she's getting um, more help. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea. But, um, well, no, I mean, if, a, if a, any parent that is presented with that yeah. doesn't know what they're doing at first, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I mean, I was just like too young to right. know, you know? And I, I like tried. Um, but I think now what that does is I, I think I try to take care of, you know, the climbers around me a little bit right. too much, maybe. And I get a little teased for it or, and I like guiding. I love clinics because it's chaos. It brings me back to, <laughs> right. You know, um, I love teaching, but I think I think I'm actually, yeah, maybe running away from uh, responsibility because I want to feel free. Right. You know, and I didn't feel free for many years and I don't want to settle down and have a family because I already did that. You got it done. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> at 21, like I finally had like a taste of freedom and I'm 28 now. Right. And so I feel like I'm getting to have my youth in the last seven years. And, and, and I can actually see that with like the sports that I've pursued and, you know, the traveling I've done and, and the people I've hung out with. It's like I want to feel free and like go climbing. Mm -hmm. And when I go climbing, I'm very insistent that I'm having fun and this is playtime. You know, a lot of people take it so seriously and just bring a whole bunch of real world stress. And any time I go climbing, I just I just refuse. You know, I want it to feel like play because life is actually like really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it can be so much harder for a lot of people, you know. Um, especially if circumstance with life or they have to take care of somebody or, you know, maybe their health isn't good. So the fact that I get to be, you know, free and go climbing, which is the most pointless sport ever, is just awesome. And I'm like grateful for it, you know, and I love the girls. I love my girls, but, you know, it is nice to be a fucking dipshit in the desert, you know, and, and go stick my body into cracks and not have to think, right? you know, or, or travel and go climbing. And, you know, I really enjoyed three months of sport climbing in Europe, sport climb in the morning, espresso and wine in the afternoon, and then more, more right. sport climbing. Like the fact that I got to do that, I'm just, I'm happy. You know? Yeah. It's, it, are you talking about like Spain? Yeah, yeah, I mean Spain. it's a dream world. Yeah, and when you're I did visiting, that in Italy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's. But I try I try to make as much of my real life like that as possible. Like mm -hmm. I still work, I still, you know, put in the time. But um, any vacation I have, any free time I have, I'm I'm going climbing. If I'm hanging out at the house, I'm looking at guidebooks. I'm looking at mountain project. I'm talking about climbing. Maybe maybe it's a little obsessive. Hopefully, I'll grow out of it. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting background, I think. I, I don't know. I've met anyone who, you know, did that. And in, and in climbing, I don't, yeah. I for sure haven't. You know, uh, someone who, who, I who come is from, sort of responsible. Uh, you know, like Appalachia, you right, know, right. like my family's very poor, you mm -hmm. know. And so we kind of had to like stick together sure. and make things happen. It's just a different world when you when you come from like, you know, 
a family like that. You, like you really do have to stick together to take care of one another. Right. You know. Right. Well, it's also cool that you, uh, you know, you did find a way to to run away. Well, <laughs> you know, you can. I mean, honestly, like it's a matter of semantics. Yeah. You know, it, it, running away, you know, r- r- implies just like some unclean, you know, maybe break that was mm. was was that left destruction behind you. I no, don't know if no it was like that. No, you just it was time to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it yeah. was time to move on with your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that. You know, I've seen climbing do that for people, not in your specific circumstances, but whatever it happened to be, that it was like, oh, I have this avenue of passion that I can use to sort of do something different. But, you know, it's not like, oh, I found drugs and that was what got, (laughs) you know, I mean, there's paths and like this is, a, I think, a really good one. It's a noble pursuit in a way. Thanks. And it, I mean... It the girls are the freaking outdoors. adorable. Yeah, and so they're it's adorable. Like, yeah. yeah, so it all um, works out. I mean, you know, I know, I know at least one other climber from at least the deep south, which is a little different than Appalachia, but but of of, of you know similar. Like yeah. I had to get out of there, you know, and here and this is what <laughs> yeah. my family's like, and you're yeah. just like, whoa, dude. Yeah, you know, and it's a different thing, like the yeah. deep south versus Appalachia, but uh, it is. Yeah. I say that all the time. I'm not southern. No, no, it's I'm different. Appalachian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and and like I grew up in a holler. <laughs> our my, my the driveway it's probably bolted now, dude. Your my holler. <laughs> <laughs> my our our driveway was a logging road a mile long, right? And you needed a, a like a car with clearance sure. to get back there. Sure, it's legitimately <laughs> legitimately in the woods. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> like, yeah, cool. I I I'm really grateful for the childhood I had because it was just the middle of the boonies. There wasn't really any neighbors. And it was just like undeveloped woods. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome to be like a young kid in that. Lonely right. <laughs> until the girls came around, but just really awesome. Well, and, and going back to totally the, not a suburb. Right. To running to running away, breaking free, you know, whatever, moving on, mm-hmm. any of the words you want to use. I mean, that part of the world and part of the country, you know, like I, I mentioned drugs and it's like, yeah, there's there's a lot of problems in all directions down yeah. there for young people. And the fact that, you know, whatever it was in your makeup that kept you either away from that or, you know, again, a, a way to skirt it and get out of there honestly could have gone <laughs> I'm really too badly. For yeah. That. Yeah. But I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, you know what, you know, is yeah. happening to those parts of the country yeah. a lot of times. So it does, but yeah, that that's, I think it's cool. And I, I, am glad we went back to it and got a few details of, cool. of what you were talking about when you're like, yeah, I, I was taking care of three kids when I was 15. I was like on my notes, I'm like, we got to circle <laughs> that and come back to it. So, yeah. um, but let's move to a different place. Mm-hmm. So trad princess, let's talk about trad princess. Oh man. Bit. Um, <laughs> funny because it's like i you know became like most people who you have a public persona on on basically on instagram i wouldn't even say it's anywhere else than that but that's my first awareness of you um you know it's like all my climbing suggestion every suggestion instagram makes to me is another climber so Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty much like follow 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 so here's this woman tri princess i didn't even know your name i think until tom mentioned it to yeah. me either during his interview yeah. or or around our conversations while he was staying at my house i was like oh mary huh oh. okay and then you know Thank then you. i looked it up mary Catherine. i'm like ooh, 
That's a nice, you know, religiously based name, know. you know, like, yeah. it's totally awesome. But anyway, so that's like, kind of, and, and it's, and in my purview, in my world, that whole thing is a new thing. This like yeah. person that has this persona. So let, let's talk a little bit about the good and bad of that. Oh it, yeah. It that's probably, my guess is that it was organic. It um, was. You know, it's like, oh, I got an Instagram. What is this Instagram thing five, six, oh. seven, eight years ago? I'll Dude. start going on there. I've got my handle, Tread Princess. <laughs> so there's a few yeah. things. Yeah, that let's led talk to a little it. bit about okay. that. So I'll, I'll, I'll start um, with the, the name, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned mentors that I had. Uh, Matt Pesci, I owe him so much right. for teaching me and being kind and and wonderful and freaking amazing how many people get taught by a rock guide you know right like and then yeah and then and then i got for free exactly (laughs) and then i got taught by a second rock guide who was Mm -hmm. a woman a freaking rock star mia toholki if you look uh at her mountain project princess mia she talks so much shit and it's amazing she's so sassy on there and um like I said, I spend a lot of my spare time looking at guidebooks and Mountain Project, and I am more of a viewer than a participator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I would just read her crusty comments and just laugh, you know. Just she just was just like really good. I, I just wrote that down because I got I, I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't think I follow. Oh, dude, her. Yeah. Mia, Mia's great, and she's just so crusty and so funny, and she's European, so she's really good at being sassy. And just giving people a good wind up. And I love a good wind up. This is why Tom and I get along so well. We both love a good wind up. <laughs> I learned the word wind up from Tom when, when we talked. Oh, what that man, was, what I that love meant. It. I just really love it. You know, getting it's people ne- wound up. It's never malicious. Yeah. It's just funny, you know, like I love to observe. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's because I took care of girls for so long. You know, you watch the monkeys, you know, and you're just right. like, oh, it's entertaining. So I chose the handle Trad Princess as uh, an, an homage to Princess Mia on Mountain Project, okay. you know. And I was trying, I was making fun of myself for only wanting to climb cracks and only wanting to climb trad and not really embracing bouldering and sport climbing. And so around that time, I was coming around to the idea that actually I needed to start doing those things if I wanted to get better. So I was like, oh, I'm freaking trad princess. I'm like Princess Mia. So that's kind of why I chose that like handle. And I really didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was like a funny joke, a little, a little like respect to Mia and, uh, you know, a little making fun of myself, which those are all things that I love to do. And the other thing is, is I didn't get a smartphone until 2015. Um, and I remember getting one. I had like a flip phone and, um, I was a big fan of my Atlas and refused to use like GPSs and stuff. I, I was just so fucking crusty. Sorry, I cursed. <laughs> but, cursed. <laughs> cursed. Uh, oh man. <laughs> but like, you know. And then I remember I got a smartphone, and then I kind of came around to the idea of social media, and I was kind of crusty about it. And I got this really awesome roommate named Jesse Wheeler. <laughs> And, um, he had an Instagram and I kind of had one too, but I, I just put pictures of horses and dogs on there. And I think I was going on some rant about, you know, Instagram and he made a bet with me that I couldn't like make a nice Instagram 
And I was like, I bet I could because I'm a photographer. I was also a painter, you know, and a climber. And I was already traveling and doing my thing. And I was like, I bet I can. And he was like, I bet you can't. I was like, I bet I can. We bet a cam on it. And so then I was motivated. Did you have to get like so many likes or something to get the cam? Uh, I guess. The, what were the like <laughs> parameters? Of... There wasn't any like right. solid parameters, right. you know, but I guess like. He was like, I'm going to give her a cam. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I bet, I bet you can't like make an, ins- I all we said was right. making like an right. Instagram, I guess. Um, I guess it would be meaning like a popular page. And so I did it and I, I guess I, I started it kind of as like a lark, you know? Oh yeah, I'm gonna earn that cam. See, dirtbag behavior. Right, right. right. <laughs> there was a cam. It's just as, just as I'll work really hard to remove a piece of booty from the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, like a golem. <laughs> just, just as I did. But I actually, I found it to be a really nice tool, uh, which surprised me, and that's why I didn't stop it. You know, right. after that year, and I won that cam, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I made sure to pick the biggest one because oh, he got didn't to specify. <laughs> A used TCU, he found nope. at the base of tape. He of, did not uh, specify, so I got a number six because, of course, you know. Really? Yeah. That's mean. I know. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I did a lot of work, you know, like whatever. That's just mean. <laughs> so I actually found it to be this really awesome tool, one for guiding. It put me in connection to so many awesome clients and female clients, and, mm-hmm. and I started teaching a lot of people that I normally wouldn't have been able to get a hold of, and it actually put my photography more out there, and my paintings and photography was always something that I kind of like kept close to my chest, you know, so it was actually really nice to spread it and share it, and I kind of got psyched. I really love imagery. I've always been more of an image person. Like I, I always really respond vis- like to visual art more than, you know, some people are writers. I, I just love painting and I love photography. So it was just like this really cool app that just is pretty, pretty pictures. I love pretty pictures. Right. And so, you know, like with it connecting me to people and, you know, allowing me to share my stuff and. I started to get more women in my life because of it. And that was one thing I was really lacking in, in Moab was a bunch of uh, women climbers. And I love climbing with women the most. So it's just it turned into this really valuable tool. You know, I just I love how Instagram b- brings people together. I don't know. It's it. There's like a lot of good and bad. For right. Sure. Right. But just the amount of community I've gotten. I'll, I, I won't never delete it because of that, you know? Right, It's, right. like, awesome. You know, I've I've met really awesome people all over the world because of that thing, because mm-hmm. of a stupid social media app, because of a stupid bet with my roommate, Jesse. You know, like, and I, I think about some of the people I have in my life now, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't imagine not knowing them. And, you, and it all started with, with... A stupid bet. Right. And it know? all started... I mean, some of these relationships started with Instagram, like, yeah, communicating Yeah, they really did. Um... You know, because you're scrolling and you see an image and you like it and you follow and you might, you know, send a message or, you know, talk some shit. Right. <laughs> and I get I get a lot of messages from women, too. And, you know, they'll ask me a question and it's like about stuff that they are dealing with and they don't really know who to ask. And mm-hmm. and then so we'll have like really deep conversations and 
Um, it's nice to be able to ask another female trad climber things. Right. You know? And that's something I didn't really get until I met Mia, and that was already a few years in. And that's why I love her so much is because I had somebody finally to talk to that was like a woman mm-hmm. who was doing the thing I was doing. Right. And that, to me, was such a valuable resource. And I now I'm in this fun position of being able to be that resource for other women. Right. And it's just like, it's humbling mm-hmm. sometimes. I honestly don't know how to handle it sometimes. I'm like, oh, really? Like, you care what I have to say? <laughs> it's why I'm here. Yeah. I mean, at least it started that way. And and also, like, when, you know, I get requests to have, like, people send in requests, you should talk to this person. And mm-hmm. I get a fairly frequent requests to talk to you, which is what started it. I think I message you on Instagram because obviously there's I have no other way to talk <laughs> yeah. to you. But but it's funny because it's everybody's like, you know, you should have trad princess on. Get trad princess. Get the trad princess. Oh, you know, man. and so it's like yeah. you're you know you have this public persona that's based on that because I think if I quizzed all those people, the same quiz <laughs> I had was like, what's her first name? Oh man! Before they'd answer, they'd have to yeah. scroll to your profile and be like, wait, wait, what is her name? And he, oh. oh, it's Mary. It's Mary Catherine. <laughs> I get like, so. Some I get really shy about social media, actually. Well, that's funny that you say that because I, I mean, like, that's what I'm talking about. Is you have this crusty. whole thing, yeah? You know, I am crusty. Right. I use it. I use it for my photography. I use it for, you know, kind of like a public climbing journal, and I, I love that it connects me with people. But I'm actually kind of introverted. I'm like an outgoing introvert, you know. So it's common in climbing. Yeah. So you know, when I don't actually think about the amount of people that are on my Instagram. I don't actually think about it that way. You know, I actually, I can't because then I just feel really nervous. Right. Um, (laughs) I would never say anything if I really thought about it. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's it's also, it's also tricky because, and you've sort of been like hinting at it or, you Mm -hmm. know, walking around it, but it, it opens you up. You can become a target. Um, you know, Eh, whatever. Yeah, I know, but it's, you know, it's like, I maintain on this show this, you know, adamant thing about, you know, climbers are, mm-hmm. are this cut above and, 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 uh, and quite We're honestly, human. you know, I, I mentioned on the last show that I just posted that I sort of had to take this internet break yeah. in the last couple months because so- I was just like, oh man, maybe you know, they're not that great. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah all the back and forth and that about climbing. And I was just like, gosh. And then, you know, talking to some women um, who also have a strong internet, Mm -hmm. particularly Instagram presence, you know, uh, what goes on like in the darkness there and like Allison Vest and, you know, these, the Chaucie DMs lady and all that sort of stuff. And it's just kind of like, it like kind of like reveals this place that I'm, I, I'm sort of, get bummed about when i talk because it's a it's definitely something that women deal with you know guys get on each other and like call each other fucking assholes and stuff but then the women get the misogyny and 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 all that sort of thing and and has that you know is that occurring to you or is it something you can just shut out so Um, can you control it i would be lying if i said that i was able to shut it out completely right um but here's the thing i don't give a fuck about instagram and maybe you would think that's surprising from somebody that's such an Instagram sellout. Right. <laughs> but maybe that's why I'm like good at it because I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking social media app. Right. I don't care. I didn't even have one until 2015. 
you know, it's for me, it's a tool to use professionally so I can teach more people how to climb and so I can promote my photography mm -hmm. and like I've been really trying to get side note. I've been really trying to get into like videography too. I'm rubbish at it, but I'm getting better. <laughs> um, you know, I love, I love storytelling, um, with images. And so I don't really care about Instagram. And so it doesn't really like bother me when I first started and it actually started to, you know, snowball. I felt really insecure um, because I was really owning the fact that like I was a photographer and I was taking more time in my climbing to take photos. Like I was setting up fixed lines and, um, photographing and, and, you know, asking my friends to let me photograph them. And, you know, um, and I definitely, I lost some friends, um, because they didn't really understand what I was doing. And, and it wasn't like any disagreement or anything. They just didn't like it. They thought it was really uncool. <laughs> and uh, like the sellout. Yeah, like, like... I, I was a sellout. Oh right. And, okay. and I was uncool. And to be honest, like it really hurt my feelings because I finally felt like it was the time in my life that I could start trying to climb harder, embrace new experiences. And actually give myself permission to pursue photography mm -hmm. the way I wanted to. And I was just psyched. And so when my climbing partners that I loved, because like my climbing community was like a family to me, when it felt like my family didn't support what I was psyched on, it really hurt. You know, and that was the only part to me that hurt was like the people that I was closest to didn't want to climb with me anymore just because of a stupid social media app. And to me, it felt like the most immature thing in the world that an adult would give a shit about social media. If a, if a friend of mine wanted to put up a cam, like do a cam thing and jerk off in front of the camera, I don't care as long as we can go climbing and have fun. And so to me, that's what mattered. And I just had a hard time like coming around to the fact that well, let me, I got to clarify. I have to, well, because, and maybe you don't exactly know the details of it. But, uh -huh. So they had a problem with you, that, that you even had a public persona yes. or did they have a problem that they were on the app? They weren't, like, they weren't on, just the they fact would be that, on the app themselves. So it's just a classic sellout thing. Yes. So right. they would so be I, on the app themselves and they would use the photos I took of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but then I wasn't cool. Huh. So, okay. you know, it was weird. I mean, it's not, I, mean I get it in a way it because of the, I've lived, I've been climbing much longer than you yeah. have. And, uh, and I've lived through the arc yeah. of the introduction of social media, yeah. but, but long before that, this, this, this whole sellout thing has, yeah. has always existed as far as I know in climbing. For I think, me, I think like Mallory, yeah. you know, there was probably climbers that were like, you know, you're a sellout for going on this Everest expedition. I think it's you know, really so like, short-sighted right. um, for guides to not use social media because I think it's kind of the yellow pages of guiding these days. Oh, 100%. Um, you need, if you're going to be like a full-time rock guide, you need a social media presence because that's a, like, you're just ignoring like a, a big old clientele list, you know, and a, or pool. So. Right. And I find it to be really short-sighted. Right. Like, you don't want the guide service to be the only way you get clients. Right. You know, and word of mouth is good. I use that a lot. But, like, social media is a whole other avenue to get clients. Well, here's the thing. 
Here's <laughs> like, the thing about guides. I know a lot of guides that don't actually want to guide. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I have for, for 30 years. So that's uh, kind of the thing. It's that, like, that oh, you, felt... you actually have to go and guide today. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, fuck it. Like, okay. Anyway, uh, so, th- so, so there's that. <laughs> I know a lot of guides like that, too. So that was really funny. Right. So back to this thing. So, you know, you had to either diversify your climbing community. Yeah. Or, so at know, first, what was the, at what first was sort of the it was a bit it was at first there was a bit of like weeding out people who, you know, just weren't really psyched on the fact that I was like having fun mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's totally fine. Um, but I definitely was like pretty sad about it at first, but it didn't like make me sad for too long because I don't know, like life is short and like, I'm not going to waste my time being sad about silly things. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I did develop like a thicker skin, you know, but I would say, I guess the negativity on social media, like that hasn't really ever bothered me because I would say I get the same amount of shit that I did when I just first started climbing. Right. I would say, statistically, I get the same percentage of negativity and misogyny that I did when I first started. It's just that the pool is bigger. Right, right, So right. I don't think climbers are a step above. I actually really don't. Humans are humans. <laughs> Come on. Help me out. <laughs> people are people. People are going to be, there's right, going right. to be... You know, no matter what you do, there's going to be somebody who doesn't like you for the way you are. No matter what you do or, right. or what you enjoy, there's just going to be somebody that doesn't like the way you look. There's going to be somebody that doesn't like the way you smell or the way you talk or the sound of your laugh or just your outfit. They could just, you know, there's always going to be somebody unhappy with like what you're doing. And there's always just going to be that percentage. And then there's also always going to be the person who enjoys just being a contrarian <laughs> and just likes to, you know, provoke you and see if they can get under your skin. And that percentage of people is just the same. You know, mm-hmm. you just get exposed to more of them when you make yourself more visible. Right. You know, I'll, I'll sort I'm of... I'm Appalachian. Right. You know, like Appalachian Hill people, they're kind of like scary. Like they don't <laughs> care. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said that and I didn't say that. <laughs> um, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're allowed to make fun of your own people. I make fun I, of I'm not so going to make fun of, I'm not going to go in from the outside. Dude. <laughs> so, well, you know, I, I will admit mm-hmm. that as someone who's climbed for 30 years, just because of that, like my little toe is crustier than you'll ever be. Oh, right. Awesome. Cause, cause <laughs> Everybody were your mentors. That was just yeah. the prevailing attitude, right? Yeah. The, the same attitude yeah. those early mentors had. But the Enormacast actually has kept me pretty... I mean, it's one thing, honestly, I think that's really like stopped the the usual crustification of getting older and climbing. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends who are super crusty <laughs> and it's getting worse, right? Yeah. Um, the get off my lawn kids kind of attitude, yeah. which I joke about, but I actually don't really have because of this, because I, I'm exposed to so many climbers. And I'll admit that like the the beginning of social media as this platform for climbers, you know, their notoriety. Yeah. You know, it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I'm going to just, like I said, it's like I'm coming clean. Like I can be like that a little bit um, or at least, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, like a lot of these accounts, yours included, like win me over. You know, it's like <laughs> there they are. They're popping up. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is legit rad shit. You know, oh. like not every photo is below the piece of gear with the rope tight, you know, like Dude. or whatever, that kind of stuff. And so it. 
you know, and and, and again, like I, I, I'm just like a little suspicious, but more and more like your account and other other women's accounts, because um, you know, I talked to old uh, Jenny Lemon Pie too uh-huh. this year, who I didn't really know. I knew yeah. a little bit, and then I'm just like, well. If I'm judging these accounts, for all I know, they're just like these women. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a way in which to sort of express yourself. And it's not necessarily bullshit or not bullshit or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it's and I, I guess I'm sending this out to a message of, yeah. of the crusties like me, like, you know, get over it. Give it oh. a break. And <laughs> it's again, a silly it's just thing a silly to be upset tool. about. Yeah, t- absolutely. You know, 100%. like we have like, so cares? much right. that we actually need to be upset about and like need to be worried about that. If you're an adult being worried about social media, like you kind of need to check yourself a little bit. Right, you right, know right. that I hate this phrase. It is first world problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like, I don't know. There's. I guess it's maybe because I took care of like my niece. She was special needs. Like she's never going to be able to have like a normal life. Right. That deeply upsets me. You know, she's never going to be able to be independent. You know, that to me is actually upsetting. Not social media. Yeah. Not some like troll behind the keyboard that wants to feel cool for a few seconds. You know, like there's actually things in my life that I'm like, this is very sad. Right. <laughs> you know about this other thing because that right. is so small right right you know and maybe you're lucky if you get to be upset about social media like it's a big thing in your life i i actually envy you you know because man you're fucking blessed if that can occupy like a big space in your brain you know like that's cool <laughs> you know not exactly uh, but, you know what i right, mean no, i know like, i get your sort of analogy yeah, there, like, but uh yeah it's like that's cool you know yeah. In in 2015, I think, you know, I started really, um, you know, I didn't really start trying to actually climb hard because I loved climbing, but I was more of like the adventure climber. I just wanted to do summits. And so I was going to get good enough to just do summits mm-hmm. and do bigger stuff. But in 2015, my, my parents, they, their house burned down on Christmas when I was visiting and they didn't have like insurance. They're Appalachian. They were poor. Like they heated their house with like a wood stove and so like the insurance for fire if you heat your house with it was too much anyway they ended up losing everything everything and like i was there and i just like watched it happen and there was like nothing i could do about it you know i didn't have the resources to really help them out you know they had to completely start over in their like late 50s early 60s and they had already worked so hard their whole life. And it just was hard to watch. And I was really depressed with the frustration of not being able to really, like, improve their situation. Mm-hmm. And I went and I volunteered with the Park Service after that. Because I was so desperate to, like, do something, you know. And when I was volunteering, I volunteered for six months. I just like started trying to climb harder and um, I was fucking angry, you know, I was like angry and I wanted to like make a difference. And then I also just wanted to like punish myself physically and I got really focused into climbing and started trying to actually climb harder and better. And like that has just like continued. So I would say, you know, when people ask me like how long I've been climbing, I, I kind of have like a, like a funny thing. Like I've only been climbing, 
you know, seven years, but I don't think I actually started climbing until the end of that year Mm -hmm. because that's when I was like, I kind of gritted my teeth and put my head down, you know? And that's to me like why social media doesn't fucking matter because there's people that lose their homes, you know, there's people like black lives matter, you know, like people die, you know, our healthcare system in this country, it's awful. Like there's actually things to be worried about the fact that like climbers can sit around the campfire and like shit talk like social media and like have the discussion whether it matters or not. It's just so privileged. Right, right. The uh, what was the resolution? How is your parents doing? Oh, man. Um, so it's actually just ongoingly depressing. Right. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's OK. Maybe we don't go there No. Um, well, it's actually kind of funny in a very Kentucky okay. way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the bank. <laughs> Uh, had insurance on like the property that there that the place was on was there was like a lien on it from the bank and uh when it burnt down they uh they didn't have insurance on it but the bank had insurance on it so the bank collected and then um uh foreclosed oh and so in the middle of this like in the middle of this like big because it's been passed down through generations so it's like 800 acres of just like land that's pretty much worthless there's like two acres where their house was in the center of it that the bank foreclosed on. They didn't have the rest of it. They mm-hmm. just had the two acres. And so my dad had started to build a shed. <laughs> and after the fire, they literally turned the shed into like a like a tiny home. Right. And then when the bank foreclosed, he hooked the tiny home to a skitter because the bank didn't own that and uh, literally dragged it a fucking half mile. Um, onto the property that the bank didn't have control of. <laughs> this is some Kentucky shit, dude. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking dragged sure. that shit. And, you know, they've been rebuilding. Okay. It's like they've come a long way. Are there any know? crags there? Because they, there, could, start a climber, they are, could start a climber actually, ranch. There actually are. There's a really good. Big money in that. <laughs> there's a really good couple of crags um, on that property. Yeah. Done. Right. Climber, climber, <laughs> climber uh, ranch. My, you know, my, my parents are like, we want to deed this to you. So, you know, we don't lose it. And I'm like, well, if you do, I'm just donating it to the access fund. I don't fucking want it. All like, right. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. Yeah. You're moving to flag for a season. Uh-huh. So let's just finish on a, on a sort of high note here. Although that was funny. Um, and I'm glad your parents are rebuilding <laughs> and, uh, and maybe we'll have a new access fund Craig someday down there. So what, what are you excited about in terms of moving to flag? Great climbing town. Great climbing town. I, I lived there for just a few months before. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I lived there for like eight months. Right. You know, prepare yourselves. Flag <laughs> princess is coming to oh, town. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the throngs will be, will be, will be. You're showing up to pay homage. Oh, whatever. God Just dang. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, it felt like uh, since I met Tom and Pete, I've been training with Lattice mm-hmm. and my climbing has gotten so much better, you know, and, and yeah, I'm finally just tickling the balls on 13 trad and Moab is really cool, but there's no climbing gym here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's hard to train here. And uh, winter climbing here and summer climbing here kind of suck. So I'm excited to move somewhere with a climbing gym to be 
you know, ease of training access. And also I kind of want to get more into like sport climbing trad. Mm-hmm. Um, I respond really well physically to sport climbing. I start climbing better trad when I go sport climbing a lot. So I'm pretty excited. I know it sounds lame to climb at the pit after work, you know, like you do good when you climb above vaults. Right. You know, and then come back up to Moab when the weather is good and, and do some projects out here. Yeah. Yeah. You got the forks too. Yeah, exactly. So. And Volunteer Canyon. Right. And and a bunch of other stuff actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, this fall, I want to come back and uh, climb Necronomicon here in Moab. That thing looks so cool. I'm getting excited just thinking about it. <laughs> Although I don't want to get like too psyched on like the basement roots of Utah. This mm-hmm. is what I call the White Rim. <laughs> They're a logistic mountain to overcome. Dude. <laughs> I feel like only the true weirdos go out there, so yeah. I don't really want to get psyched on it. Cause... Oh, come on. That's why you're psyched on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and maybe that's the sign that you've lost your mind, you know, when you start talking about the white rim. No, it's not. To me, honestly, to me, it's it's a, it's a in part a reaction, you know, to, to, to like my sort of ongoing remarks about the creek, like, you don't ever hear anyone not complain about the crowds in Indian Creek. Like that's like the the conversation du jour. Obviously not. You know, ever counting themselves in the crowd. I'm, I'm gonna I'm right. gonna be a devil's advocate. Okay, what? I I I don't think the crowds are that bad. Okay, no, because I because they're only that bad for a few months. Of right, the year. right, right. But my point being, like, if you want what you imagined mm-hmm. as a, your desert climbing experience, because mm-hmm. the imagined desert climbing experience is. You know, remote and quiet and by yourself, you know, that's, I think, like, there it is. And that's what everyone says about any any crowded cliff in the world. It's like, well, if you want to go be alone, you just have to work harder. And the White Rim is is working hard because <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a billion freaking bikers out there but you yeah. can't see them because you're no. underneath the ground the basement yeah, of the utah basement. yeah yeah so I, I, it's literally the freaking basement yeah yeah so i know? think it's i think it's just a natural thing to be wanting to go out there and the weirdos go to yeah, the basement you know and i mean even <laughs> like when i started climbing you know and going out to standing rock and something like oh, 1995 rock is so awesome you know in like 1995 it had yeah. been honestly climbed like 16 times or 15 times yeah. you know when we first went out there so that experience out there is special. It is. It's and yeah, the 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 upside downness of it and the like climb one side and then step off on the other side is weird, is the weirdo <laughs> climbing. But everything else about it is is what people dream of mm-hmm. for a desert climbing experience, I think. Yeah. You know, just that's it. That. You feel out there. You don't see anything but maybe a stream of a of an airplane go by, yeah. you know. And that's like, I think it's super special out there. Now, totally. yeah, the climbing is super weird, right? Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, you know, there's nothing, I mean, I think it's just natural to want to go out there and climb. I haven't, but my life is not conducive to, you know, disappearing into the desert <laughs> into right the now. Basement. For, for, for into the basement? For the basement for a week, so. Um, it, the climbing is logistically kind of a pain in the ass oh yeah you know down there and i'm lazy that's why i haven't done a whole lot of it yeah you climb, you went some, two and a half hours yeah, to an off with some people <laughs> you're not lazy <laughs> i am extremely lazy okay. in certain ways right. like like a stone and once it goes down the hill it's it's going right but like getting it to go is gotcha. maybe a little <laughs> hard um yeah, there's just a bunch of site stuff I'm psyched on right this on. for this fall, as long as, you know, the pandemic allows. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It, of course, if it doesn't. I did spend nine days in Vita Vu this summer. Right. And uh, climbed my little heart out, which was real fun. And your skin off, it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, <laughs> I finally got the palm skin back on my right palm. That's neat. Right on. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Thanks yeah. for your time. Thanks. And thanks for lending us your porch to yet another climbing endeavor. Oh, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can do this again when I've actually done something cool. Oh, come on. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks to Mary for sitting down on her way out of town. She was leaving for Flag that day, sitting on her porch as she was sort of moving out. She took a moment to talk to us, and I appreciate it. You can obviously follow Mary at Trad Princess on Instagram. Check out what she's doing. She's uh, tries to be modest there, but she's a good climber, prolific climber, and a good guide. Good luck down there in Flagstaff, Mary. We'll see you uh, back in the creek maybe this winter. All right, folks, have a good time out there. It's August. I don't know what's happening where you are, but smoky, ash raining from the sky here, apocalyptic. I don't know where you're climbing. You're probably in tent sleep, though. Is everyone in tent sleep right now? Racking up those personal bests. Watch out for uh, padlocks, vigilantes. Is everyone still wound up up there? Anyhow, don't be wound up when you climb. Relax. Chill out. And of course, check your knot. If I were to ask you what your philosophy of life or your creed, what would that be? Have a good time all the time. That's my philosophy, Marty.